This call is being recorded. <laughs> I knew you'd like her. <laughs> and we are back with another Locked On Browns, your daily podcast coming to Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, everybody. What will be a Saturday episode? Uh, obviously, Pete and the Streetsboro crew looking to keep the undefeated season going. So we record Friday nights. You know the drill. We bring somebody in. We brought in a good one. One of my favorites for your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound is the local experts cover the biggest stories Cleveland Brown wise. My good friend, my amigo, my chum, Stephen Thomas. Buddy, how you doing? I am well. And uh, for the uh, the people that follow us both on Twitter, saw the tweet with uh, Del Griffith about 10 minutes ago and recognized that you just played the mess around. That's going to be a killer bit right there. That's going to be fantastic for the three dozen people that that that, that fit all three of those uh, angles there. Yeah. And, you know, the small amount that appreciate our humor, uh, Ryan Burns, if you're listening, <laughs> Ryan Burns, if you're going to give this one a listen, this would be a good one. You could help us out here. I know you're of that genre. Uh, obviously, we'll get to a bunch of stuff here. Uh, you know, we'll sneak in a little draft stuff here at the end. You know, can't do any of that talk with Stephen without it. You know, and I have a, the angle where we're going to get to that. Um, obviously, Brown's news today. Um, Greg Robinson is out. Look, the writing was on the wall. Once you, you kind of say you're going to make some changes. And we've gone over this, you know, we'll get Steve's opinion on it here. Look, Greg Robinson is not starting Sunday. Um, all the signs are pointing at McCray starting. My two cents on it is, is maybe you should have done this. Maybe you should have just put it out there last week when you had your two days of practice. Um, it feels weird like you're doing it on a Friday when all signs were pointing to it. I, I don't like it from that respect. Um, there's the other aspect of why did he find out from John Dorsey as opposed to Freddie Kitchens. Um, I'm wondering, and I'll get to that here in a second, if there was a little more to than maybe you're out of the lineup, so to speak. Um, I know from people I've spoken to, they like McCray. They wanted to get a look at him. Um, this is going to be his chance. And my other thing is, is look, I, you know, I'm not saying the line was perfect. Her line was great. I don't know if I'd go messing around anything going into a road tilt with Bill Belichick and New England Patriots. That one just seems a little, eh, but go ahead, Steve. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm not going to say anything that, you know, people haven't been talking about all day, but it, it, there's just so, like you said, there's so many angles to it that are weird. The first of which is, and I don't think I'm alone on this, I didn't, think, you know, while he's certainly not setting the world on fire, I didn't think he was the biggest problem on the line. I, I, you know, I didn't think, I mean, I thought he was playing, you know, maybe a little bit below where he played last year, which was average, but certainly not you know, where we desperately have to make a move. I don't recall ever seeing uh, McCray play tackle uh, before. I thought, I thought he was a guard his whole time in green Bay. I could be wrong on that. Well, uh, I know he played, it, he played left tackle week one after Greg Robinson got ejected. Oh, right, right, right. After Kendall Lamb got hurt. In a desperation um, situation. Yeah, in a desperation right, scenario. Yeah. And I, I do believe he started a game, and this was in the Green Bay days, he started a game at right tackle. Obviously, he's got the connection with the offensive line coach, but even still. Yeah, and, you know, and again, like we always say, we're not in that room, and, you know, we're not NFL coaches, so if they see something we don't and he goes out and lights it up, then great, more power to him. Um, but, yeah, it's – I understand not wanting to give away your starting lineup. Try and not that it would make a huge difference against a guy like Belichick because he doesn't give a crap. But you know, I understand not keeping. I understand keeping the secret. But the fact that it leaked two days before makes it look weird. Like you said, when it if if it did, if the reporting is correct, and he found out from John Dorsey, and John Dorsey is 
you know, I'm going to go ahead and use the phrase setting the starting lineups. It, it brings in a myriad of questions about the flow chart and, and who's in charge of what. And it re it, it makes rear its head that question we've had since 2012 of who who's actually calling all the shots and it, it, does it go all the way to the top? And is he getting an itchy trigger finger? I mean, we've said ever since John Dorsey came in, Everyone has said, oh, he's got a he's got a quote unquote real football guy now. And so, you know, Haslam's going to step back and he's not going to be so involved. He's going to this is Dorsey's team. And we've all said, great, we'll believe it when we see it. And we will (laughs) see if we'll see if that's true when they start hitting some adversity. Well, they went out this past year. They spent a ton of money. They got all the hype. Everything, everything was great. And now we are smack dab in the middle of adversity here. And these sorts of questions are starting to rear their head again. So among many other questions, you know, it's starting to ring that bell in the back of my head, that fear that, um, you know, as we said on this program, the the lead clown sets the tone for the whole car. And who's the lead clown at this point? If it goes all the way back to, to the guy in the owner's, uh, the owner's box, then that's a whole nother series of questions that we have. But as it pertains to this week, the last thing you said, I think is the most pertinent thing. If you're going to make this kind of change in your starting lineup and i have to imagine we just found out about it i have to imagine mccray's been getting the reps for at least a week if not all two weeks uh, i can't imagine they would just throw him in on friday but doing it against on the road going to foxborough it, it just doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like the wisest course of action let's put it that way um uh, i think Again, what are they going to do on the right side now? Have we heard anything about Teller? We all thought Teller was the Teller at right guard was probably the most likely uh, uh, change when we started hearing about, you know, changing around and auditions. Everybody pretty much thought that I personally haven't heard a whisper. I don't know if you have. Um, So is that the only change? Are you making changes on two of your spots? 40% of your line going up against you know, currently the number one defense by five light years in the NFL. I mean, it's, it's very weird. It's a strange situation and it's shaking the confidence that I've had all week that they would at least go up and play well and hang tough, if not win the game. And I don't know what to think of it at this point. Yeah. And, and for me, like, and Freddie with the, you know, where it almost seemed like he was, you know, you know, like it was, well, it, it almost if Kareem was back and, you know, Nick, you say Nick wasn't playing as well as he was. Well, I, I don't know who's going to be the feature back. Okay, that's something that can give you some pause, some hesitation. Right. Um, it's not like you're substituting in or out, you know. Oh, well, here's our first round pick at left tackle. Maybe he's going to start this week. It's, you know, Greg Robinson, the dream was he could play as well as he did last year, which was right, right years better of where than he ever was. It's not really the case. He's not much below where he was last year. Right. You know, but it, you know, if you think he, you know, you don't go from almost busting out of the league to middle of the run to pro bowler. That was, that's not the course. Um, my, the one thinking I did have is maybe where John Dorsey got involved is, is maybe there was a, Hey, Greg, just letting you know, um, Tuesday, four o'clock. That's the other thing, right? That's yeah. That's the one thing I was thinking where maybe this is where John got involved. Look, you know, maybe there's a better spot for you somewhere else. Look, you've helped us. We've helped you. Um, if something arises, so be it. Um, and, and maybe we'll look into it and maybe we'll do it, you know, even still. But with a player like that who essentially is on an expiring contract, he's only on a one year deal, 
you should sit down with those guys right now and say, hey, just a heads up. Um, I'm hoping Demarius Randall got one of those because right now for a guy who wants a boatload of money, uh, he's now going to miss his third game out of seven. Um, and I'll be honest, you know, other than the sack of Lamar Jackson, I don't really remember what Demarius Randall has done this year. But, you know, those are those are stories for other days. But um, go ahead. Well, yeah, the, with the with the Greg with the uh, the Tuesday trade deadline thing, you would think that if there is a trade out there, and you know everybody keeps talking about Trent Williams, and I personally, unless Snyder wakes up and smells what he's shoveling, I just I've put that to bed. I'll be happily surprised if they get that at a price that makes sense. I'll be thrilled. Um, but if there is a trade for someone of someone else's starting left tackle, somebody out of left field that none of us have even thought of you know a, uh, you know Eric you know he loves his former his former pick so maybe he's figured some weird way to get Eric Fisher out of Kansas City. I have no idea I'm just saying if someone is trading their starting left tackle then including someone for that team to plug into that spot for the last eight games of the year would seem to make sense I mean you know, at least as a backup tackle you go okay we're taking your starter but here's a guy who can at least step in and play for you and if if something like that is, I don't want to say in place, but in the works, then, you know, sitting him down so he doesn't get hurt and blow the deal. I, you can see how it how it makes sense from that angle. But I mean, we're, I'm way out over my skis there because, like you said, we're it make it doesn't make a lot of sense on the Friday before this game for this to be the news that's breaking. So when something doesn't make sense, you look for, you know, weird explanations. And like you said, maybe Tuesday at four o'clock is, is the explanation that we're, that we're all going to get. I don't know. Um, and just one team I had off the top of my head, San Francisco, um, missing both your starting tackles right now, both of them, it's leg related things. It's not, you're not sure, you know, you're planning on them coming back, but maybe having a backup in case it doesn't work. And for what Greg Robinson is going to make for the final second half of the year, it's, I mean, if you're going to view him as a swing tackle, not a bad guy to have in that scenario. Uh, we'll get to a little bit more here with Steven. We'll get a little Patriots preview in this uh, next segment coming up. We'll do a little draft in the last one. Uh, but, you know, obviously we always have some things to do and the people who take care of the, us, I got to take care of them. Don't forget, you were probably paying way too much for your car insurance. But why pay for your car when you're not using it? If you're a week, if you commute during the week, if your weekends, it's Uber, it's Lyft because you're going out with friends and there's no reason to risk anything. You need to go and you need to check out packed auto insurance. You can pause your auto insurance coverage or you use the app, get a quote You can, through the app. When you're not using your vehicle, they will give you a discount on your car insurance. If you only drive your car 10, 14 days of the month. Why are you paying for 30, 31 days or stupid February, which is 28? So go ahead. Check out Packed Auto. Uh, download the app. Like I said, you get a quote, a quote within 90 seconds. Packed Auto, P-A-C-T-A-U-T-O.com. We appreciate them for their sponsorship of Locked On Browns. Now, Stephen, look, I, for me, the thing that's aggravating this week, and I think so many people watched Monday night. And, oh, my God, you can't do anything against the Patriots as they dismantle the Jets, undressed them in their home stadium 33 to nothing. The Giants actually hung with them for almost 50 minutes, and the Giants ain't much better than the Jets. And this Browns roster is better than maybe both the Jets and the Giants combined. Yes, it's not performing at the way it should perform right now. 
It's not producing points. It's not producing yardage like it should. But this roster and what we were all excited about in August is we can go play with anybody. Are, are we going to be able to win these games? That's what we're going to have to wait and find out. But so now when you're going to go into you know, the biggest test there is in the AFC, everybody now wants to like run away and hide and shrink from it. If you thought and you had that much confidence in this roster, what, what is with the, the pity party? Look, I understand maybe by six o'clock on Sunday, it can be a really crappy day for everybody. I get that, but why not having any confidence going into it is the part that really confuses me. Well, yeah, and, and a couple of questions going back to what you first, uh, what you started that uh, with first. How did the Jets get two home Monday night games? That that seems weird. Dude, the Dolphins me. are on Monday night this week. Who is doing Monday night football? My it's God, crazy. Um, second, the thing that, and you know, I kind of, I try not to tweet angry and I got a little upset Monday night and, and Tuesday morning because everybody was going crazy. You know, uh, like you said, they dismantled the jets. Well, what did you expect them to do to the jets? Uh, you know, Oh my God, the Patriots are so great. Did you see what they did on Monday night? Okay. So playing against the jets on a Monday night told you they were good. The six and O start with the historic <laughs> numbers before that didn't. <laughs> What what changed Monday? I if you didn't know they were really good and it was going to be an exceptionally tall order to go into Foxborough and win before they played the Jets. I'm not sure how the Jets getting their asses kicked changed your what, what were you watching? I don't get that, it. That know? Monday night game looked like the epitome when somebody says, "Oh, this college team's so good they can beat an NFL team." No, no, no. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to play you in Madden. And I'm going to play left-handed and blindfolded. That's what that looked like, you know. <laughs> or, you know, somebody my age trying to play, you know, somebody young. That That's what it looked like. But to get back to what you were saying, yeah, it's all still right there. And actually, they're starting to get healthier because, look, the, the backup corners have played their asses off. They really have. For the most part, they have played to the absolute top of their ability but they simply do not have the same skill set that Denzel Ward and, and Greedy Williams have. They do not have the ability to come up, crowd the line, and play, you know, the press man, the bump and run, get right in your face and take away those three-yard, five-yard slants that, 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 are, that uh, uh, on paper Denzel and Greedy give you, which in turn allows the defensive line to get home because – a lot of the, these teams that we've played, they have schemed against it. They know that we're getting a lot of pressure quickly, you know, so they get the ball out of their hands. And because we've had our two starting quarters down, corners down, we've been playing eight, 10 yards off a, a lot, you know. And so it's going to be interesting to see what, what effect that has if they come back and play the way they can on paper. But that was just part of what, what you said on paper, everything we were excited about in July and August is still right there. All of it. They still have the same weapons. They still have the same defensive line. They still have the same, with except for Demarius being out, they have everything on defense and offense that we thought they were going to have uh, and, and Njoku. That's it. Th those are the only things they're missing now. And it's funny because, yes, they're two and four, and yes, they've looked horrendous at times they've been embarrassed twice but one more play against seattle or the rams or both and we are having a vastly different discussion because then they're three and three or maybe four and two 
and and you're going, okay, well, they're working out the kinks. It's still herky-jerky at times. You know, Freddie's finding his way, but he's made some good things, and they've won games at the end. Literally two plays. That's the difference between what I just said and we need to fire Freddie and everything else that's going on out there on Twitter, which I think is insane. But it's it's two plays. So, like you said, it's all right there. On paper, they match up pretty well with the Patriots. They have done nothing as far as execution on a consistent basis to make us believe that they are the team they are on paper. Can they turn it on at any minute? I think they can. You and I have both seen them do it in spurts. If they could somehow find that and bottle it and put it together for, you know, 50 of the 60 minutes, they can play with and beat anybody in this league. And if they don't, as we've seen, they can get the tar kicked out of them by teams like Tennessee. So I think I really do all week. I have thought they're going to go up and play well. I think they're going to hang tough. I can't, I can't quite get myself to, to predict a W in Foxborough because that's too heady even for me. But I think they're going to acquit themselves well up there because the Patriots, they just they grind you down. They do, they do everything they do well. But I don't see a spot where we are egregiously overmatched. Do you? I look at them and – like even if you break down their defense, you know their secondary look is is really good. Yes. Um. But I think on defensively, I think it's the sum of everybody. Jamie Collins being a spot where he's and and this is why. And I brought this up the other day with John Costco. What is good with Jamie Collins in New England? And one of the reasons he originally left New England is they questioned you know how much Jamie Collins actually loved the game. So if you have a guy who you're questioning about how much he's dialed in, what do you do? You keep moving him around because he's got to do different things. He's got to be dialed in. Otherwise, he'd be out of the league. So that's where Bill was smart with this. You know, the Browns tried to make him a traditional Sam linebacker, which, you know, and there were weeks where it was, hey, Jimmy Collins played really well this week. And then there were weeks like Kansas. Uh, I'm sorry. What was it? I'm sorry, it was, yeah, it was Kansas City last week. Uh, Kansas City. Oh no, it was the Chargers. Here goes another guy around the end on Jamie Collins, and another guy. Philip Rivers went around the end on him last year. <laughs> I mean, and that's the thing. But Bill Belichick, you know, is playing him like he's capable of. You know, where he moves him around, makes him more of a chess piece. Offensively, I don't know what they essentially are right now. They have injuries on the offensive line. Um, they run the ball. They don't really run it very well. Um, I'll be honest, what scares me the most out of what they have on that offense is James White. J- uh, Mac, uh, Mac Wilson, Joe Schobert, Joe is not covering the way we've seen in years past. Mac looks like a 21-year-old linebacker a lot of the time, which is understandable. Um, let's not get into this Mac Wilson stuff again. He looks like a 21-year-old kid that essentially Nick Saban said, you're not ready, stay one more year. Mac chose to go his own course. He looks like a 21-year-old kid. That's great. Get these reps out of the way now. That's what scares me. Offensively, they don't scare me. A lot of these points they're scoring, it's because their defense is either A, scoring them, or B, putting their offense in very advantageous situations. You know, I love Sony Michelle, but, I mean, I think he ran for 49 yards on three touchdowns Monday night. They're, offensively, they are nowhere close to humming. Um, and, look, every defense is going to have a bad day. Maybe it's their week to have a bad day. And 
with the playmakers they have, look, I mean, you know, Odell can catch two passes for 106 yards and score two mm-hmm. touchdowns. You just you got to find a way to open this up a little bit. And the other thing for me, and I know we got into this a little bit with uh, you know Hawaii Mike a little bit. The home runs take little home little home run swings. Let's see a deep ball to Odell because I haven't seen one since the Jet game for God's sakes. Uh, maybe the one against Seattle or whatever on the D back. But this is part of why you brought him here. But even still, you've got to challenge those deep vertical balls to loosen things up. And look, even if it goes five yards off the sidelines or whatever, now D-backs are thinking about it, this RPO where it's either going to be Nick off the right or left side or somebody's running a slant. It's not fooling a ton of people, even when it does look good. Right, yeah. And and I think um, getting back to what you said about their offense, I mean, it's 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 vintage Tom Brady. They don't do anything exceptionally well but it's death by a thousand paper cuts whatever you give him he whatever you show him he's seen it he's seen it 487 times and he knows exactly how to beat it so i think like you said the biggest fear uh uh, from the our defensive side is the running backs and tight ends and everybody uh, against the middle because that's where tom brady makes his money He, he he slices you he slices you he slices you and then when you send somebody up to help then he fires the deep ball. Everybody says, oh, he just dinks and dunks. No, he doesn't. He throws the ball down the field quite a bit, but he does it when it's advantageous to him. And so we have to be far more disciplined on defense and, and far more uh, assignment ready than we have shown on a consistent basis, or Tom Brady's going to carve you up. Like you said, they don't, you know, it's not the 2007 Patriots with Randy Moss, you know, catching three 70 yard touchdowns every single game but they're going to beat you whatever you give them they're going to take it and they're going to take it until they beat you as far as our offense goes i mean it's been talked about for a week and a half now jake did a great uh uh, breakdown on it other people have done breakdowns on it if they're going to come at us with the cover zero the blitz our guys on paper in our wide receiver room have the skill sets to get the quick separation that you need to beat that kind of defense. I mean, Odell's quick off the off the snap. Jarvis is quick off the snap. Uh, Ricky Seals-Jones has shown a lot more ability than I thought he was capable of. <clears throat> Excuse me. There's, so it's going to be up to the offensive line to, to find the which guys are coming, which guys are, aren't coming, and then Baker to recognize it, find the matchup, and find his 2018 accuracy and ball placement, which has been lacking uh, so far this year. And if you can do that, if you can hit – like you said, a couple slants to Odell, and then he breaks a tackle and goes for 60 or, you know, 30 or, you know, we play. Maybe they back off a little bit, and then you can run Nick Chubb a little bit more. Um, but it, it's, it's, it's no secret what we're going to have to do if they run that at us. It's just a question of can our guys do it with any kind of consistency? They haven't so far this year, but they certainly have the ability. Yeah, and, you know, that's, that's – you know – it just seems like everybody is doubting what they felt they saw about this team. Look, I'm not there yet. Um, Cause basically what you're going to say is, you know, everything above the roster is in disarray. I'm not there after six no. games of a first time head coach. And, you know, I think Wilkes at the defense, defense coordinator is, is doing a great job. I mean, imagine saying, look, there's going to be games you play without your entire secondary against the Rams. Right. But you lose by, you lose 20 to 13. Right. Uh, I think a lot of it is how this is being managed offensively and, you know, where in 
is what they can truly do with this offensive line. But this is what we saw last year after the bye. It wasn't much different other than Cush, uh, you know, in for Zeitler. It wasn't – obviously there was no differences, four to five guys. Find what works with this offensive line, and let's just worry about that. If you have the talent, wor- worry about what works with this offensive line because you've got a lot of skill. Just find out what works with the offensive line. I mean, line. It, sounds like, it sounds like coach speak, and it sounds like cliches. And, you know, like Crash Davis said, there are reasons cliches are cliches, but it really does come down to execution. I mean, anybody who's watched football for any length of time in their life has heard it's all about execution. The difference in every game is like three or four plays, yada, yada, yada. You know why they say those things all the time? Because 99% of the time, it's true. I, I mean, we just said a few minutes ago, they are two plays away from being four and two. You know, it's all about execution, and they simply haven't done it on any kind of a consistent basis. And I think that getting back to what you're saying, that's why people are so frustrated. For the first time in forever, we had legitimate hope with good reasons and a roster that could uh, live up to that hope, and they haven't done it, which in some ways is even worse than 1-31, and you know? And I think the, yep. the frustration is boiling over. Yeah, but I mean, and you look at either one. The Rams, obviously, four shots from the six. And then Seattle, where you got involved with the replay nonsense and Freddie getting upset with the officials, then running the same damn play two times in a row. You didn't get points on that drive. There it is. There's your difference in, in a basket, in a nutshell, between four and two, two and four. Uh, there's some New England talk, obviously. And look, guys, go into it. Go confident. Look, if you've been beating your chest for five months thinking this is a good team, don't stop now. There's no reason to stop now. No, nope. really isn't. Uh, we'll get to a little draft talk here in a second with Steve. My bookie is the premier place to bet on all your favorite pro and college football action every weekend. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and bet with the best at my bookie. Visit mybookie.ag today. Use the promo code locked on all caps, no space to activate the offer. Uh, guys, look, they've been with us forever. Uh, they've been here longer than I have. So go ahead, uh, check out mybookie.ag. Still will match your initial deposit up to 100%. So uh, go ahead, give it a run this weekend. And with Thursday night games and Sunday night, and with Sunday and Sunday night and Monday, plenty of opportunities. Pick one game, pick a parlay, fantasy over-unders, anything you want to do. Go ahead, check it out. Now, draft focus-wise, Steve, now I uh, y- your mock today was perfect. Um, I <laughs> what I wanted to talk about today is we're starting to establish where the needs are. Um, you look at the wide receiver position, it's deep. Um, I, you know, guys, don't forget about a guy like DJ Montgomery, who's on injured reserve, who looked really good in the preseason early. You look good there. Um, running back, um, Dontrell Hilliard's about to become the third RB, contributes well as a return man, can catch the ball. Kareem Hunt's coming in. Hmm, I think we're good there. Uh, quarterback position, yeah, good. Um, and tight ends, Ricky Seals Jones seems to be a nice find, uh, you know, Pharaoh Brown, who knows what you think of that. You still got David Njoku. We get to the offensive line. All right. We got a center who we really like. We got a left guard who we really like. We have a couple of candidates at right guard, whether it be Wyatt Teller, whether it be Drew Forbes, maybe that could also bring into question with, uh, Drew Forbes at right tackle. But you look at, regardless of who the two starting tackles are going to be Sunday, uh, Steve, yowzers. Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty obvious. And I've already had people 
uh, first of all, let me say uh, your opinion of today's mock that it was perfect is a very decidedly minority opinion. Uh, I'm if you so read that my mentions, that, may, that means that maybe tells you that it's probably pretty good. <laughs> I'm basically a moron, according to my mentions and and, you know, my mother and my wife. But that's a whole different thing. Anyway. Um, yeah, let me just say to anyone listening um, and anyone who follows me, unless something drastic changes via trade or free agency, you are not going to talk me off of tackle in the first round. It's simply not going to happen, especially in this class. There are, and that doesn't mean that a guy like Grant Delpit or Isaiah Simmons aren't worthy uh, of whatever Okay, I love these guys. They're they're fantastic players. First of all, I don't think we're going to be drafting in a spot anywhere near a chance to get dealt. But but even if he was, yes, safety's it's not a bigger need than offensive tackle. And in this class, there are just too many guys. If we're picking anywhere between fifteen and twenty, you know, three twenty five, wherever, there's going to be a handful of guys that you can easily make a case for at the left side or the right side. Um, and I think you're right, going back to what you said, I think I think they think they have the right guard answer in-house, whether it be Wyatt Teller uh, or Drew Forbes. I think their dream scenario is that Teller takes over right guard and Forbes takes over right tackle. Um, although I did find it interesting, uh, we talked about yes. this off the air. You saw something, I can't remember who tweeted it, but you uh, quote tweeted it a couple of days ago about Drew Forbes in the center position. Yep. Um, and I found that interesting because if you look at John Dorsey's history, I mean, he drafted Mitch Morse, uh, who became a, a, an all-pro or, or Pro Bowl center, um, and he's done it a few other times. He loves to draft college tackles who are athletic but a little bit undersized and move them into the interior just That's using it. their athleticism. And Why Campbell was probably brought in. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I still think Forbes can play the, the tackle position or the guard position, but it's interesting, and it might – when you look at them dragging their feet on the J.C. Treader um, uh, contract situation, that might, you know, tie in there. But I, again, I think their dream scenario is that they don't have to get a right tackle. But at this point, I'm looking at two tackles. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think they're going to be picking in a position anywhere near uh, with the, without a big trade up to get Andrew Thomas or Tristan Wirfs. Um, I mean, we're really early. These guys could fall, but I, I don't think so. I think you're looking more where we're going to be at the Alex Leatherwood, the Prince uh, Tega Wanogo, uh, Lucas Niang, and don't discount everyone. Do not discount Jedrick Wills being in the day one co- conversation. Yep. By the time April rolls around that dude can flat out play tackle and he is mean and he is nasty and, if they walked out of day one and day two with Alex Leatherwood and Jedrick Wills, I would be a happy man at this point. Um, but even if you want to go down a little further in the draft, it, there's just too many day two, day one and day two guys. Uh, you got uh, Alert Jackson from Iowa, Jack Driscoll from Auburn. Um, you've got uh, Ezra Cleveland out of Boise State. Scott France is a guy that I love. There's there's a whole bunch of guys. Uh, there's just too many tackles. Uh, to say that it's not worthy of the pick where we're going to be. That's your number one need right there. And then as you and Pete have talked about, um, you know, very thoroughly safety, I think is the number two, you got four picks day one and day two right now. And, and again, it's October long way to go. Lots could change, but if you and we're, out and of- we're very, and we're very close to those being four top 96 picks. 
Exactly. They're, they're four top hundred picks or hundred ish. You know, these are four guys that you would expect to come in and at least contribute, if not start right away. You get two tackles. You could talk me into two tackles and two safeties easily. And, 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 I would and call it a day happy. and call it a day. Exactly. Enjoy day three, I'm, everybody else. We're out. Yeah. And, you know, and then, you know, you got, you got your early fourth round pick where you could maybe steal a tight end if that's what you want or a corner. Uh, I know Dorsey likes to draft a corner, at least one corner pretty much every year. Um, yep. You could go with uh, interior, the interior defensive line help is another, just as we said last year, the depth there is still a need. So if they don't take care of it in the free agent market, I can see investing, you know, one or two picks on that spot, but it frees you up. If you take care of those to go with, you know, the, the legendary BPA, which is a misnomer, but you can just take whoever you want at that point, if you fill those two needs. So it's going to be interesting right now, if they can, like I said, if they could somehow be up, you know, or if they're around where Werps is available, then that will mean this season has tanked, but that would be a great pick. Right now, I'm looking, I would love Alex Leatherwood uh, with that first pick if they're in the yeah, he's 17 to 22 range, somewhere in that range. I think that's a perfect spot for him because he's very athletic and he can, he could step in and play, I think, right away for you at left tackle. Yeah, and it's it's if anybody's going to try to sell you on anything other than left tackle. And the other thing is you need that controllable contract because a bunch of guys here yep. are now going to be eligible for a boatload of money. So you're going to have to find a way. And look, uh, the J.C. Treader thing, just get it done. It's only going to cost you more and more money. Uh, the only question this kid has ever had has been health. And he started every game since he's been here. And whether it was Kevin Zeitler last year on the show or Joel Batonio saying, I can't believe this guy was able to play 16 games last year. And it's going to make for a really awkward situation when Joel Batonio standing next to him when J.C. Treader gets married in February and they might not be teammates further on because the relationship between these guys are really, really tight. And, you know, you throw Joel a bone, keeps let hopefully somebody sticks around for him and can and run with him. But yeah, it's, it's two tackles. It's two safeties. The only safety you have on the roster for 2020 is Sheldrick Redwine. And this is a massive incomplete to this point. And I'm not knocking the kid. He's got a bunch of veterans in front of him. But we have no idea what he is or what he's going to be. And he's been hurt, right? Yeah. I mean, granted, there's 10 games to go. But right now, it's just it's a big incomplete for Sheldrick Redwine. So you don't know what you have. And look, if you can get guys in, like we said, if you're going to end up with four picks within the top 96, which is it's trending that way. Uh, if you're going to take two safeties ahead of the fourth round pick you spent on Sheldrick Redwine, so be it. And, you know, you tell the kid to find his way. But those are going to be the most alarming needs going further. Steve, yeah, and, and looking at the safeties real quick, I did want to ask, I, I, again, I don't think <clears throat> Delpit's not going to happen. I really don't think Xavier McKinney out of Alabama is going to happen either. You're looking more in the range of the Brandon Jones and Ashton Davis and Reggie Floyd and those kind of guys. But I wanted to ask you, since you're a Florida mm-hmm. State guy, about and I'm gonna butcher the kid's name. No matter how many times I practice, I always butcher it. Uh, Hamsa Nazil, ah, you know who I'm trying to say. Nazil Adreen yes. from Florida State. Yes. It's interesting because I really like him. I like his skill set, but he seems to be more of that 
rover, that that linebacker slash safety hybrid. Yada, Isaiah yada. Simmons, Isaiah Simmons typeish guy. Right, um, and they just went through this with Jabril Peppers and jettisoned him. So, who was a my, similar? My thing type there though is that. my thing there though is you know, Jabril, and it was weird in that instance because you know he essentially tested. It, 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 you know, Jabril tested, I guess, like a corner. They tried to make him a, tr- a strong safety. And look, he was good at that. Maybe, the only problem was Jabril was good at what he did. The question is, where is that valued as far as draft assets? And look, at the time, there wasn't many players here. So you can't really fault him for it. Right. And if you saw year two of Jabril, I think he's more than that. And um, the guys over the draft network, you know, who are pretty dialed in, um, what I hear is you're going to get a Brian Burns combine type performance. You're going to get a Josh Sweat type of combine performance, which should confirm the fact that, yeah, he's 6'2"-ish and change, probably closer to 220 to 225 than he is to 215. But the numbers should show you that he can do everything you're asking at the save position. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to take two – and, you know, you want to do different things with him and play him closer to the line, you can do that. And, look, we have no idea, what, you know, if Steve Wilkes will be here for a second year. Um, he's done a really good job. And, you know, who knows with that how it's going to work out and see how he values the safety. But apparently he's going to test athletically where you're not going to be concerned how you're going to use him. You should be able to use him both ways. And as much as it hates me to say it, he has been one of the brightest spots of an ugly, ugly couple of years down in Tallahassee. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to get your thoughts because I like the kid, but, you know, with what they just went through and he's one of those where do you play him type guys, I, I wasn't sure if he would uh, be on their right radar. And I know one more quick thing. I know you're trying to wrap it up. If I could throw in just I know you like it when I throw in these sleeper yes. games. Um, there's a kid at Lenoir Rhine, which is in North Carolina. He's a D2 player named Kyle Duger. He's a safety. He is, um, Dane has written about him, if I believe, um, and a couple other people. He's, um, he's six, six, two, two, twenty. These are the reported numbers, four, four, one, six, seven, three cone and a 40 inch vertical hits like a truck in the very limited film that I was able to find on him out there. Um, incredibly quick, incredibly fast, but that's a name right now. Valued day three could be one of those draft Twitter darlings that moves up through the process. But Kyle Dugar out of Lenore wine is a safety guy uh, for Browns fans to go and listen to. Cause if you don't want to take two safeties in those first four picks and put it off a little bit, that's the kind of guy you might want to take a shot at him or Nigel warrior from Tennessee or, or, or names like that. But Kyle Duger has, has caught my early attention and I'm curious to see what happens to him through the process. Look, you run six, seven, you run a six, seven, three cone at the safety position. People are going to take notice. And if you throw out a guy named warrior, um, people are going to have to take notice guys. It's always a pleasure uh, with Stephen Thomas. Make sure you're following everything over uh, you know, uh, make sure you follow him at Brown's mock draft. Uh, Steven, I know you're with, uh, Jack and, um, Anthony now, uh, tell everybody where they can find the daily mock draft. Oh yeah. Uh, like Jeff said, follow it at Brown's mock draft. I still tweet it out there, but, uh, Jack and Anthony over at dog.land. They're doing a great job launching their new website with all things Browns. And they have decided to host, uh, they put everyone up on the page. So you can go through and scroll through 
and find out just how much of a moron I have been on each single day. So that's fun for the whole family right there over at dog.land. Yes, and this can help Stephen explain to his wife what he's done all day long. So there's that <laughs> aspect of it as well. Um, guys, as you know, I love Steve. Uh, we have the relationship of, you know, just the passion of football, enjoying the draft process. Uh, obviously, Steve with his wife and one daughter. Me with my wife and two daughters, and everybody is kind of spread out everywhere. Apparently, I got to pick up somebody at the movies tonight. I'm not sure which daughter it is. I'll just wait till <laughs> one of them comes out and just make sure. Yeah, I only have one of them, so it'll be good. I'll be able to pick them out. Um, Stephen relates, and there's a lot of times I lean on him for that. Uh, before I close this up, I just want to say I want to wish happy birthday to my oldest brother, Wayne. As you guys know, uh, Wayne left us a little bit more than a year ago. Uh, with all that's going on, you know, you go through all these emotional days. The one drip of advice I can give you is if they matter to you, whether it's family or not, make sure you always, you reach out. I'm telling you, look, don't be angry at the people you carry about, care about. Don't get yourself to that, <clears throat> to that place um, because you're going to regret it after the fact. So Amen. I just want to give, I just want to give everybody that drop of advice. And, and the other thing is, don't fault people you love for what they are. Okay. We're going to close on this. Uh, obviously, you, got, you guys, I want to thank Steve. Obviously, you found everywhere where to reach him. It's always a pleasure to break down. And, you know, we don't even get to the joking part. But uh, if you ever want to laugh, you can find Steven on YouTube and get some good ones. And just, and part of it, the funny part of it is, is 